In 2015, I went to the emergency room suspecting a heart attack. A whole team of doctors, nurses, and technicians appeared like magic and rushed me into a nearby room where they put me on a bed and set to work. One took my blood pressure, another drew blood, and another hooked me up to an EKG. My blood pressure was way higher than normal for me, and the nurse taking it started to reassure me that the fear of a heart attack and going to the ER can cause that. But the guy reading the EKG interrupted, Nope, this is a real heart attack. Spoiler alert, I survived. The blood draw tested for troponin, a protein released when heart tissue is damaged, which would confirm a myocardial infarction and determine how much damage had been done. I stayed in the hospital a couple of days, and before they released me, they did another test, an echocardiogram. That confirmed the cause of the heart attack, an aneurysm, probably congenital, on the right coronary artery. This was a simple, straightforward diagnosis, but it took at least four separate tests to reach it and get to the root of the problem. Assessing what is happening with bird populations is much more complicated, but like diagnosing a heart attack, different tests reveal different information. The first good test we had for seeing trends in bird populations was developed by Chandler Robin. This quiet, unassuming scientist at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service worked closely with Fish and Wildlife Service writer and editor Rachel Carson in the 1950s as they both grew increasingly alarmed about the effects on birds of pesticides and other pollutants. After Silent Spring was published in 1960, to a barrage of vicious personal attacks on Carson, one of the common responses by critics to her work was that there was no evidence that bird populations were declining anyway. So Chandler Robbins created a system for monitoring the status and trends of North American bird populations, the Breeding Bird Survey. That project still provides essential data about bird population trends, but like blood pressure or an EKG, the Breeding Bird Survey cannot tell us the extent or root causes of the problem. Breeding Bird Survey data includes only singing birds on territory with no way of tracking how many extra birds or floaters may be waiting in the wings for a territory holder to disappear so they can jump in. In his 1945 textbook, Modern Bird Study, Ludlow Griscom wrote, quote, an acquaintance of mine made a very interesting but somewhat cruel experiment some years ago with the indigo bunting. Finding a nesting pair near his house, he proceeded to shoot the male. The next day, the female had secured another male that sang in the same territory claimed by the first mate. He proceeded to shoot the second male. This kept on until he had shot nine different male indigo buntings, and he left the tenth male to help the female raise her family." End quote. Griscom wrote that this experiment suggests that there are a larger number of unmated birds wandering around the country in the breeding season than ordinary observation would lead one to suspect. 
If that study were conducted on a breeding bird survey route, the results would have shown exactly one indigo bunting on the route until every one of those 10 males, and maybe even more, was gone. And at that point, it would show a loss of just one bird. As long as habitat quality remains the same, you must lose an awful lot of individuals in a healthy population before any loss can be detected via the breeding bird survey. Chandler Robbins selected the original breeding bird survey routes randomly, but as more and more pristine habitat is developed and roads become noisier and more dangerous, little by little the routes have been changed to ensure the safety of the volunteer counters. Necessary as this is, it skews the results, often making it appear that birds haven't declined where they have. In the 20 years I conducted a breeding bird survey, my route near Brimson was changed three times because of development and growing traffic, artificially maintaining higher numbers of warblers, thrushes, and other forest birds, and keeping down the numbers of starlings, grackles, cowbirds, and other typical backyard birds that took over the damaged habitat along my original route. Like measuring blood pressure, the breeding bird survey can suggest serious problems, but we need a lot more information to know exactly what is going on. Next time, I'll talk about another measure of populations, one more analogous to an EKG. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.